This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier. Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today, the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guest today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our tech career segment, I will be talking with Mike Fernandez. Mike is an IT system engineer for the Austrian Environmental Agency. Mike has 10 years of experience in IT operations and now specializes in cloud technologies, as well as configuration management and automation. Mike's main job responsibilities are now in managing and implementing Office 365, cloud offerings, AWS, GCP, Azure, and System Center Configuration Manager. Welcome to the show, Mike. It's so great to have you. Thanks for having me here. Great. Uh, let's get started. Can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology? Uh, sure. Um, I think my career path is a bit of the, the typical route that people in my field have. Um, I started as a help desk, kind of service desk um, assistant, and over the years worked myself up to a system administrator. And now um, I progressed into an IT system engineer role where I kind of found my niche in the uh, cloud platform and cloud offerings. That's kind of the, the area that I wanted to specialize in, and that's where I'm at now, and pretty happy to be where I'm at. That's neat. Um, that, that's a great career path. So tell me when, when you found out, or when did you know that technology was something you really loved? Um, I think I, I, I didn't know per se, but I, I had, a, had kind of a, a little bit of intuition as a kid. I remember when... Uh, we were, I want to say around five or six years old, uh, we went to Radio Shack and uh, my parents bought this new Tandy computer home and I had no idea what it was and a kid to kind of explore a whole new piece of technology I didn't know existed at the time. I just kind of felt uh, one and one with this and it wasn't until about high school, I had an A plus computing class and our teacher was amazing he was probably one of my inspirations into technology just his passion and the, the way he taught um we got to tear down computers and put them back together and everything and i i just got a whole nother world that was pretty much open to me and that pretty much set my path 
um, towards computers. And I knew ever since that moment or that year that technology was definitely where I want to go. Yeah, and you really have um, an aptitude for it because you keep progressing in your field and, uh, you know, continuously learning new things. But, you know, the technology industry has one of the most competitive job markets. So, um, and there's this huge skill gap and there's a huge demand for technical skills. So what do you do on a daily basis um, to set yourself apart so that you're always relevant and you're always on the cutting edge? Um, I mean, for, for me per se, I, I tried, um, I made uh, what in my opinion was a mistake is I tried learning about everything when mm-hmm. I first started. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like uh, jack of all trades, master of none type of role per se. And I've started to kind of hone down into specialized fields because technology is evolving so much that it's it's impossible to know everything about everything, you know? So I, I focused on the areas that brought me the most joy. And right now it's um, cloud offerings, cloud computing, and just where we're going with the cloud. And that is kind of where I focused my energy into just learning and absorbing everything there is to know about all the different offerings in the cloud. And, you know, the trend is setting that way. Um, I enjoyed that trend. So I figured, you know, focus on that and put all your skills and um, knowledge into that category. That's great. I think that's really good advice uh, for our listeners as well, because there's so much to learn in technology and there's no way you can be a master of everything because you have to have that depth, you have to have that knowledge. So specializing in an area that you're really passionate about, that you really love, um, is such great advice because um, it really helps you get ahead and stay relevant, but it also makes you happy because you love that area. And cloud, what a great area to pick because that's where it is right now. Everything is moving to the cloud. We're seeing a lot of our enterprise customers moving to the cloud. So great, uh, great focus and journey. Um, so, you know, we there's multiple different stances on certification in the industry. Uh, do you think that certification is valuable in the tech industry? I, I definitely think it's, it's valuable. Um, I know... Um, and I, I agree to somewhat um, that I know there's many people that would say, you know, certifications are pretty much a way to filter through the interviews. And I will agree to that in some uh-huh. sense. Uh-huh. Um, but I will agree also on the other side that certifications definitely help um, an individual. I mean, there's there's so much that we can learn through experience or through a mentor or through the books, but certification kind of hones those raw skills and builds the foundation. Um, I mean, there's, there's technologies that I've, I've been involved in for, you know, years. And I, I, um, you know, when you take a certification course, you, you, you will learn things that you didn't know existed, even technologies that you've been around for 10 years. So um, learning the foundation, I think is a great, um, asset to have. So certifications, you know, why not? I, I, I definitely would agree that certifications do help everything. Yeah, it does. It gives you that skill stamp, right? It says that that you have this skill set. 
because it goes in depth. Now, of course, we also know that real world knowledge is also very important. So certification is great, but if you don't have that real world knowledge, then you don't have a good balance. So you, you really need both. And today on certification, we're finding that um, Microsoft just changed their certification uh, exams to make some of them performance-based, which means that they actually have to do certain tasks and make them ha happen in a real-world situation in a lab. And so that really focuses on that real-world experience. Oh, wow. Okay. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is a you know, question that I'm going to throw out at you. I know you lived in the U.S. and now you live in Austria. Do you see mm -hmm. technology different there from the U.S.? And um, you've had a career in both places. Um, what would you say are the main differences or, or what did you see that maybe was surprising to you or not so surprising to you? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I, I think the, the for me, the most surprising thing um, was probably last year. Um, I'm, you know, as everybody knows, the 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 GDPR requirements got mm -hmm. set last year, mm -hmm. and that was for me a whole other element to try to understand. I, I still, personally, I have a basic knowledge of what the requirements are and what it what it does with uh, privacy of consumers and end users and of your you know uh, personal data, um, but it's such a complicated topic that. Um, we had to start um, doing all sorts of audits and any new projects have to go through um, legal teams, um, approval and everything like this to make sure that they fit the requirements. Um, mm -hmm. For instance, one, one, um, one example I can give is we were going to uh, start migrating some infrastructure to a cloud a couple of years ago um, to AWS. And we had to make sure that AWS complied with all the GDPR requirements that um, we have for our customers, which we had for um, in uh, medical fields and government, which had stricter regulations. So we had to fine tune all these and we had to inform a lot of people, letting them know we're moving to the cloud. And it was, it was um, very complicated in um, rolling this out and all sorts of roadblocks you hit along the way. It was definitely um, something I've never experienced before. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, we experienced GDPR, I think, in some form, but not as much as you do in Europe. And I think, you know, if you did, if you thought about GDPR, it's complicated enough. And then you add another layer of HIPAA because now you're in the healthcare in mm. industry it really changes it and makes it even more complicated. So um, yeah, very interesting. Um, and GDPR is, is great, I think, because I know it's complex and it's really hard to follow and there's a lot of rules around it. But you know, as we grow with data, um, you know, there's so much data and intelligence out there about everything we do privacy and um, security are very, very critical. So the more uh, they tighten down on that, the better it is for all of us because, you know, there's so much information out there today from, you know, the Alexas in your home to your doorbell, you know, on ring with IoT devices. 
there's just so much. So GDPR, I think, is timely and should, will only get tighter. Yeah, I, I think the cause is great. I mean, as you mentioned, there's there's so much data out there already. I mean, I'm sure you can Google yourself and see how much data on yourself already exists in the internet. And uh, I think that the concept behind the GDPR is great for everybody. It has uh, good intentions, um, but from a business perspective, trying to roll out compliance needs is definitely uh, very complex. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, you know, Technology is so dynamic, uh, changes all the time. We're experiencing lots and lots of changes in the Microsoft job roles, the certifications um, on a daily basis. Um, how do you stay relevant so that maybe our listeners can get some best practices on you know, always staying current and continuously learning? What, what do you do to, to be relevant? Um, to be relevant, I mean, I, I keep up on blogs. I listen to some podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that got me started into different uh, fields is there's, um, I've been reading, uh, there's a GitHub project called The Awesome Project, mm -hmm. which is basically uh, like a wiki of all sorts of different topics from front-end development, back-end to uh, theories to data science. It pretty much has a broad spectrum of the IT landscape and gives you documentation, where to find resources, how to learn, uh, free courses. It's it's basically a ton of knowledge in one uh, wiki page um, that just helps, you know, if you wanted to learn um, something new, for instance, like uh, game development or anything like this, you know, um, mm -hmm. you definitely will find it there. Um, I read some topics, but I, I personally, in my uh, free time, also, I like reading about technology in areas that I'm I'm not, uh, it's not in my career path. Like uh, I like to read about the medical technology that's uh, growing rapidly with like uh, bionic limbs and stuff that they're progressing mm -hmm. with. It's just mm -hmm. fascinating for me. Um, or uh, astronomy, for instance, with Elon Musk uh, shipping out, you know, rockets and having them land by themselves. Like that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's awesome that we've progressed so far. And um, I'm, I'm, very excited for where we're going to be 10 and 20 years from now with this. So that's a great segue. Where, where do you think we are going to be um, in, let's say, even five years? Because when I look back, I, it's hard to imagine what we're doing today that five years ago I could have predicted it. So what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I think self-driving cars will definitely be something that we mm -hmm. will see hit the mainstream in the next five, 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping some of these medical advances that they're coming out um, break break out through the research and come up. Um, but whew, where we're going to be? I mean, I'm I'm hoping we're still where we are. And <laughs> I'm I, I'm I'm kind of curious what the what the next set of technology is in computing. Since I remember when uh, virtual machines came out and were um, the next big trend, and they took off. Um, really quickly, and then containerization came out, and now you have Kubernetes um, and containerization and orchestration technology. So I'm kind of curious, from a computing standpoint, what the next step is going to be um, from this, because I, I personally cannot fathom. Yeah, it's just it's it's amazing to me. You know, I remember the days where if you went to somebody's house, somebody would actually give you directions, and they'd tell you it's the Seven Eleven on this corner and the uh, gas station on this corner. And 
now we don't even think about any of that. You know, our technology just drives us and takes us anywhere around the world. I mean, when we traveled internationally, the GPS was our friend, whether we were walking or if we were driving, you know. So it's amazing to see how far we've come. And, you know, like you talked about healthcare, you know, who knows where that's going. We're hearing some bits and pieces about robots doing surgeries and, you know, those are happening through, you know, vir virtual um, machines. And you can actually do that from a remote area, which is so fascinating. So, yeah. yeah there's that, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, as you mentioned with the GPSs, I, 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 I sometimes like to uh, go to Google Maps and take a, uh, what I like to call a virtual vacation <laughs> uh -huh. into uh, another place on the uh, street view. Uh, mm -hmm. from a different country you've never visited. And I, I think that's that's amazing that you can technically travel anywhere you want, or not anywhere, but most places in the world uh, and see how it appears while you're not there. You know, you right. can walk around the streets and take a visit over to some um, some art museums or some, you know, structures that are built and some sculptures. For me, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I was at a meeting this morning and... Um, we had people from all over the world and there was somebody from Colombia at on that meeting. And then another guy had uh, Google earth and he kind of just zoomed in into where Colombia was and where we were and just kind of showed us, you know, this virtual uh, <laughs> tour <laughs> of the world. Um, and he had this device and I don't know what it's called, but he had a really cool device he said it's about a hundred dollars and it's very smooth to kind of move around Google Earth with. So I don't know if that's a tip for you to go look for it or maybe you have it already. Oh, that's really cool. That might go on my shopping list for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, one last question for you, Mike, um, mm -hmm. you know, for our listeners, if you could give one piece of career advice to our listeners uh, who might be thinking about a technology career or growing the technology career, what, what would you say to them? Um, I would probably say don't be afraid of failure because there's no success if there's no failure. Mm -hmm. um, I would also probably say get out of your comfort zone because nothing good happens in your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That is, that's great, great advice. Um, when you're comfortable, in some cases, you're dead. <laughs> So, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the best so, things happen outside of your comfort zone. I mean, how many amazing things happen when you get taken out of your comfort zone? That's right. You got you to gotta make it a habit. I love that. That's great advice. Well, thank you, Mike, for joining us on our show. I really enjoyed having you and hope to have you again in the future. Thanks for having me. I appreciate Thanks. it. I look forward mm -hmm. to it, too. Thank you. Bye. Stay tuned for another exciting interview just around the corner. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it in-person, virtual, on-demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.
Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our Women in Tech segment, I will be talking with Harini Gokul. Harini is a global technology leader, an investor, civic volunteer, and an advocate for advancement of women in the workplace. She is a cloud industry leader and has 20 plus years of experience driving global business strategy and customer transformation for technology companies, including Microsoft and IBM. Harini has built and led global multidisciplinary organizations in the United States and Europe to accelerate customer transformation in the cloud and business growth, focusing on delivering real-world solutions. Her diverse background includes strategy consulting and financial services. Harini sponsors and invests in organizations and communities to accelerate the advancement of women in technology. She's an investor in the Female Founders Alliance and is on the advisory board of The Future of Us, an initiative dedicated to accelerating the advancement of women of color. Harini is an international speaker focusing on diversity, equity, and innovation in the fourth industrial revolution. As part of her mission to contribute to civic life, Harini is running for city council in Medina, Washington. As a mom and a Medina resident, she's excited to work towards keeping Medina strong, safe, and healthy for current and future generations. She looks forward to leveraging her professional skills to help shape and influence policies that impact the lives of Medina and Washington residents. Irini is an engineering graduate and received her MBA from Vanderbilt University. Welcome to the show, Harini. I'm excited. Thank you for inviting me, Jennifer. It's great to be here. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you on our show. Can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology? Sure. Um, I grew up in India just as India was discovering its information technology revolution. And I saw the opportunities it afforded to society and citizens, not just the economic opportunities, but also the opportunity for more women to be part of the workplace and leveling the playing field. Um, and I'd always been a curious child, one of those annoying kids who would ask why uh, every time. So it made a it was a natural fit to think about um, embracing uh, this innovation and, and going into technology. As I went through graduate school in engineering, what I did realize is my joy came from solving problems and taking technology and putting it to use for the greater good. And that's really driven my career in the past 20 years. Um, I came to work in the US, I went to school and then came to work in the U.S. for a consulting firm, and I enjoyed um, creating technology strategy um, and solutions for our customers and problem solving with them and uh, helping them understand what they could achieve. Um, and that took me to Microsoft, and I've just had the most fantastic portfolio of experiences at Microsoft. Um, 
I've had the opportunity to build new businesses from scratch uh, in the U.S., in Europe, globally, um, and learn about things um, that would not have otherwise uh, come about. As an example, I was in Europe when um, NSA, the NSA scandal happened, and I got a crash course in privacy and data protection and what it means to be a trusted provider. So I just feel very grateful for um, all the different experiences I've had um, growing up in India and then onwards. Very impressive. Um, so did you always know that working with technology is what you wanted to do? I know you were very curious and always asked why, but when did you know that technology was something you were passionate about or had love for? It's, it's such a great question. Um, I was interested in technology, but did not quite know how it would become part of my professional life. Um, and I love that today technology is so much part of our world that, you know, just everything from the call we are on today to healthcare diagnostics, uh, to more advanced sciences is all mm -hmm. technology driven. Um, and so I realized as I was going through graduate school, as I mentioned, um, I knew I needed some deep expertise in the space. I had not quite figured out how to apply it. And it took me, I, but I knew I want my greatest joy came from application of technology and application of solutions. Mm -hmm. And so my first role, um, helping a retail bank in India expand its footprint, um, helped provide that clarity. I helped set up ATMs uh, for the bank. And I saw that the ATM by itself was just a means to an end. What it helped unlock was the possibility of real-time, safe, and secure cash for communities that did not have this access. And so I've always, um, I've sort of taken that thread all the way through and said every time we work with technology, whether it's on-premise even 10 years ago or now with cloud solutions, what is the potential we are trying to unlock? What is the new business possibilities we can unlock? What's the new he human impact we can unlock? That's great. Um, so you knew you had a passion. It just came over time as you got these different projects because it sounds like you love to solve problems also as much as technology. Exactly, and I love new things. And to be honest, I feel I'm on the cusp of that again, right? When we think about the next industrial revolution, the fourth industrial revolution, and the promise of artificial intelligence and machine learning and extended reality, I feel, I feel like a kid in a candy store, mm -hmm. honestly, because we're back there solving problems. We now have the technology that will help us solve the most critical of problems. But more than ever, the accountability to make sure we are doing it in a fair, equitable, and inclusive way is going to be so important. Totally agree. So, you know, we live in a very male-dominated industry. Um, how do you feel women have, do, do you think they have the same opportunities as men in the tech world? Um, I have a simple answer, and it's a complicated one, too. Mm -hmm. um, the simple answer is no. I do not believe that today we have the same opportunities. And I know we are fighting super hard, very aggressively, to make sure that all of us 
regardless of gender, race, demographic, have access to all the opportunities that technology creates for us. Um, for women in particular, I think there are multiple things we need to think through and think through in a very systematic, intentional way, whether it's making sure that we are nurturing early interest in STEM for our children, whether it's about getting degrees, graduate degrees in technology, about recruiting and hiring and making sure all of us have a fair chance at the jobs. And then once you get into the workplace, how do you thrive? How do you think about velocity and growth for all of us in an equitable way? I think all of these are opportunities where women are, are currently disadvantaged. The good news, the great news is we are aware of it, right? And shining the light on a problem is the first step. And we are doing so much about it. And I'll come back to more than ever, like I've heard diversity and inclusion for the past 20 years, but more than ever with AI coming up, um, with VR coming up, I think we need to be more agile. We need to be more intentional in how we include all of us as part of that, as part of that next revolution. Yes, I agree that, you know, there's a lot of movements, there's a lot of progress being made with both diversity and inclusion, with women and technology, but we need to keep pushing, we need to continue to lift each other up, we need to continue to build the pipeline of girls, um, you know, young girls, so that they are aware of technology and are excited about technology, so we don't have the declining numbers that we have today of women in technology. So we need to keep working together and lift each other up to really make it so in a few years from now that we do have all the same opportunities as men. Well said. Um, as a woman yourself in technology, uh, what are some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? It's, it's humbling to look back so many years, but, you know, I often think about like, what would you say to a younger self, right? And, and, and the challenges are, are in there. Um, there. When I think about it, it's sort of three buckets of things. Um, the first is when I started out, I remember being an intern at Chase the bank, Chase Manhattan mm -hmm. in New York. And I was this 20 young, early 20 intern, um, new to the US, standing literally in a boardroom full of very experienced, predominantly male mm -hmm. uh, bankers, right? And that was my first experience being an only, only mm -hmm. in the room. And mm -hmm. since then, there are many such, but your first impulse um, is to fit in. It's just sort of, you know, make sure that I look and sound and be like everybody else. And it's taken me um, a, a, a while to understand the unique value that I bring to the table, how my perspective is valuable and, re and sort of uh, use that to stand up for myself in the small things and in sort of larger things. And I think that's important for us to, I wish I'd realized that earlier. That's one. Um, the second one is um, what I call perfect is the enemy of good. Um, so, you know, we, I think we put ourselves on ourselves the burden to be 120%. If somebody asks us to do 10 things, we want to do 12. So building that muscle to be 
to be confident, to have courage, to go forth and sign up for projects and for things that you might not be 100% qualified for is something I wish I had learned earlier. Um, the third is putting, getting out of the box you get put in. Um, so as an example, as a, I'm a mom to a five-year-old, and when I had my son, um, even though by that time I was fairly experienced and you know, fairly, I was a leader on my team, the roles that came to me were roles uh, that, that were sort of the mommy jobs, right? And the assumption was, you are a mom, you do not want to travel anymore. You do not want to handle a P&L anymore. And so it, to, to fight those assumptions and to reset that thinking to say, I'm a mom, yes, and I'm a professional. My skills haven't gone away. My ability to manage businesses, speak with customers is still there. And how do you sort of keep that conversation going, I think is important. And I'll end with this, my fourth thing, which is for all of the women out there, um, as you go through these, as you go through your journey, find a support system, find your personal board of directors that will stand by you, that will coach you, be the rock or the couch, whatever you want them to be. Um, and sort of guide you through as you as you are on your journey. That's so great. Uh, lots of thoughts came to my mind when you were going through the four items, you know, talking about make sure we have the confidence to speak up, to say, yes, we can do it, even if we're 50 or 60% qualified, because we can learn the rest. We are just as capable. We are uh, very good at collaborating. We're good at uh, many skills to, to be successful. So we have to give ourselves that permission and that strength to say, yes, we can do it. And then to really tell ourselves that we are enough, you know, every time we always want to be that perfectionist and, and do, right. like you said, instead of 10 things, we try to do 12 and we push ourselves into situations where it's just so difficult to get to where we need to because our expectations are so high. So really, really good points um, and great uh, learnings from what you're saying. You know, over the years, we've all learned uh, many, many things. And like you said, we wish we had learned them a long time ago because it would have made life a little bit easier. Um, we bring so many advantages to the table as a woman in technology. Can you tell me um, personally, what do you feel you bring to your teams, to the table, to your leadership skills? Where, where do you feel women really uh, contribute strongly? Uh, that's another good, that's another great question, actually. And I think it's something we all need to talk about more. Um, if there are multiple things, of course, that we bring to the table, but if I sort of think about it in two sections, right? I'm a business leader. At the end of the day, you know, we all have shareholder accountability. So from that perspective, I would say, look at women as being the biggest driver of purchasing decisions mm. and consumers, right? We um, we drive decisions on the wallet on on who has a share of wallet and make purchasing decisions on behalf of the family so from simply that business perspective that's the first advantage you bring to the table 
if you want to sell to the biggest market, if you want to have the most creative products, you need to think about addressing women. And that translates to having women at the table. So when you, I think the advantage is we, you know, we bring our own sort of learned perspective and life perspective to the table, right? So if you're making products for children, why wouldn't you have somebody who's purchasing those products be part of the design process, be part of sort of the marketing process for it? It just makes good common business sense. Um, from and the other piece, I'll say uh, from an from a team perspective and a leadership perspective is when I think about the skills that are most required for the jobs of the future, what comes to mind are skills like bridge building, collaboration, problem solving, being creative in terms of options. And to me, women are all of that, right? Of course, we have all the hard math and engineering and all those skills, you need them. But what we will really need as automation comes into play as, as we go higher up the value chain are these softer, so-called softer skills, mm -hmm. the need to empathize, the need to partner, the need to understand somebody's perspective. And I think we bring that in spades to the table because we are arbiters everywhere all the time between children in relationships with customers, with providers. Perfect, perfect. Um, empathy, collaboration, um, you know, bringing people together, understanding all different thoughts and then coming up with a decision. We're so good at all of those skills. And the soft skills today in business are so critical because um, today, business is driving technology, not like a few years ago where technology was driving business. Very different exactly. world that we live in. So exactly. communication skills, like you said, and you know, other softer skills are so critical to rounding the skill set. So well said. Um, you know, technology is changing so much constantly. Um, how do you keep your skills current? Um, it's another it's another great question. I think there are there are a couple of things I would think about knowing that a lot of us and possibly our audience has very full plates. Um, so what I would say is make learning part of your DNA, your daily routine. Um, when it when reading have your apps on the phone, so to speak, make it easy and part of your commute, part of part of your routine. So it doesn't have to be this extra additional thing you do. Um, I'll say that first. And then in terms of my own learning, um, I, like I said, I was that annoying child asking why. <laughs> um, I've always, and I've retained the curiosity. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm, t I'm this nerdy person who geeks on books and apps and the latest, greatest out there and trying to understand it. And, um, and I think that's important because, you know, especially now technology and what is um, the, the, the capabilities that are available to us are ever changing. So we need to make sure that we continue to stay super sharp and super proficient in what, on what we think is our expertise. Um, I find that um, joining user groups is great, whether it's um, 
in the industry or sort of national societies, being part of organizations like Grace Hopper are another great way to build learning into your routine, into your life. Um, the second thing, the way to learn um, is, is at work, right? Um, volunteer for projects that you have passion for or that you want to learn. So as an example, ask to become an AI advocate at work. You may not know about AI, but trust me, neither do most people who are talking about it because it's changing so constantly. Think about, if you work with customers, think about the problems they are trying to solve for, think about how technology will impact them and use this as an opportunity to go deep into a technology. So using your time at work to build out your growth muscle in areas you're interested in, I think is one other way to learn. That's great. So continuous learning, have a passion for learning, lifelong learning, all of those things are really critical um, to growing. If you're not learning, I feel you're, you're not alive, you're, you're dead. So you need to continue exactly. to learn. Yes. And yes. I, love, I love the idea of volunteering at your organization of, you know, something that even you're not familiar with, because that will create learning in itself. You will need to learn in order to lead that group, in order to um, be a valuable part of that group. So like you said, join an AI group or a machine learning or IoT, whatever makes sense to you, um, put yourself out there. Exactly, hackathons are another great way. Yes. So Microsoft, as an example, does hackathons. And I think being, and back to the perfect is the enemy of good, right? Mm -hmm. We need to have the courage to say, I would like to learn more. I don't know enough and that's okay because I know to ask the questions. Asking the question is as valuable as knowing the answer. Absolutely. And we talk a lot about critical thinking skills, uh, you know, communication skills. All of those softer skills are also very important. And if you, you know, as women, we bring a lot of those to the table. So the other part, we can learn and we can grow. Exactly. And I love the organizations that have come about. So you and I talked about women in tech in Seattle, but Grace Hopper is one I mentioned. Mm -hmm. There are other, there are so many user and community groups. And I like that because it's a, it's a space for us to come together. It's a space for us to learn. So if you're able to make the time for that, I highly recommend it. I also understand time is our biggest luxury. And so there, you can find the same resources online. Um, but give, build it into your routine. So like put, put on this podcast, put on Jennifer's podcast as you're driving to your commute. Yeah, it, it'll give you motivation. It will give you that feeling of community. You'll be part of a group that, you know, we as women, we love that community feel. We, we lift each other up and we need that on a daily basis. So great advice. Um, so, you know, you're such a successful woman in the technology industry. What advice would you give somebody who is maybe thinking about it, but not sure where to begin? It's, um, um, it's a, again, another great question. Um, I would say three things. One is, it starts with the individual. It starts with us as people and knowing what drives us, what our passion and our priorities are. So ask yourself what you want to achieve here, right? Do you want to be known as a published expert on AY, XYZ? Do you want to be somebody helping customers? 
Do you want to have a more back office role, right? And all there is, all answers are okay. It's also okay to say, I want to learn more and do in 10 years after my kids have grown up or if I'm in, when I'm at a different stage in life. So, but I would come back to that, which is knowing yourself, your passion, your priorities, and what you're able to achieve is, is super important. And once you've achieved, once you've sort of figured that out, it just flows from there, right? It, um, the second piece then is, is seeking out what I call your personal board of directors, your support group, your advisors. Um, and I normally recommend having a set of advisors that know you and a few that you would seek out depending on the business you want to go in. So as an example, I am researching AI policy and ethics. It's a new space for me. So I'm starting to reach out to experts in the field so I can educate myself. So build yourself a network. Um, and I love Jen what Jennifer said about the community lifting each other up. And I think we try to do so many things on our own. This is, people are here, they're eager to help. So build a coalition of the willing in where you want to go. The third piece is the competency and building a body of work um, that, that gives the credibility you want. Work will speak for itself and then you will have to speak for it as well, I mean, no questions. But I think it's important to invest the time to build a body of work that you can then speak to with credibility and use that to get to sort of the next place um, in your career. Great advice, great advice. So um, in closing, what three words would your friends use to describe you, Harini? Um, I would, if they would say, if I had a hashtag, it would be make it happen. Are those good three words? Those are awesome. Yes. <laughs> Execution, right? You make things happen and you jump exactly. in and you do it. That's, that's I, awesome. I think talk is cheap. Talk is good, but talk is cheap. Mm -hmm. Walk is hard. So I have a lot of respect. Um, and I think we need to push ourselves to do. And, and it doesn't have to be big do's, right? A small step is all that you need, but uh, make things happen. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Harini. Thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Jennifer. This was a pleasure. And now an exclusive offer for our listeners. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum, on-demand courses, for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. 
To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast.